the Talent Experience Podcast featuring authentic conversations on the future of work. Empowering you to better understand and deliver a best-in-class, future-proofed career experience. For more insightful conversations, visit talentexperiencepodcast.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, I'm John Holland, and welcome to the Talent Experience Podcast. Today's guest is Steve Brown. Steve has devoted over 35 years to human resources. He currently serves as the chief people officer for La Rosa's Inc., a regional pizzeria restaurant chain in Southwest Ohio with 12 locations and more than 1,100 team members. Prior to La Rosa's, Steve held various HR management positions in the manufacturing, consumer products, and professional services industries. Steve has also been an active and engaged member of SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management at the local, state, and regional level for more than 20 years. And for the past five years, Steve has been a member of SHRM's National Board of Directors. That's a high honor and a really great thing to have someone of Steve's character and dedication as a board member of the largest HR organization in the world. In addition, Steve facilitates a monthly HR roundtable in Cincinnati, has a nationally recognized HR blog, Everyday People, and often ranks among the 100 most influential HR voices on social media. He's the author of two books, HR on Purpose and HR Rising, and runs a global HR network called the HR Net, which reaches over 12,000 HR and business professionals each week. And he is a graduate of Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. Steve, did I pretty much get get it all, or did I get, get something wrong there? No, you're dead on, John. That's far too much information. I know. <laughs> it's a lot. But you know what? It's hard It's hard to cut out things because you've done some great stuff. And I thought people should know. So I know you're a busy guy. And it makes me wonder, how do you find the time to do all this? Oh, I, honestly, I have the time to do it. And I make the time because being involved outside of just doing what I do at La Rosa's is important. I've always felt that I would want to be somebody who affected the profession not just in my own role at my company, but actually hopefully somebody who changes the profession for the better. Well, and you've done that with great gusto. So uh, it has been great. Tell me a little bit about how La Rosa's were your chief people officer and how it got through the pandemic and the lockdown, because for all we hear about the move to remote work and high hybrid work for so many, there are a lot of businesses like yours that still have to work the old-fashioned way. Absolutely. Yeah, we have not missed a beat. Uh, it was interesting. At the beginning of the pandemic, we were deemed essential because we provide food, and food is something that everybody needs. Since it drug on for so long, and we're still in some form of it right now, now it's kind of overlooked. And uh, that it's very hard because our team members have worked every single day throughout the entire time. Uh, both in the pizzerias, in our call center, and in our manufacturing facility that makes our dough, we didn't have the option to be remote. Our office did do a remote. We have a few people who are doing hybrid work, uh, but many of us came back to work in person because we wanted to be supportive of our team members who have always been in person. Uh, So how did we get through? Uh, A couple of really good things. One, uh, we were far ahead of the safety requirements before the safety requirements came out, we're a food facility. <laughs> you know, you have to be clean. 
all the time. Yes. You have to be be mindful of things. So that that wasn't anything new, uh, but the challenge of the mental stress, the the pace of work, our sales went up during the time that it was very heavy because people still wanted food. But we also became more agile as a company. Uh, we had talked about doing curbside pickup for three years and everything in the world stopped us from doing it. And mainly it's because all organizations move very methodically. So now that we had it in front of us, we said, hey, we need to move ahead and do this. And we changed it and have curbside pickup in a day. And it saved us. So uh, we've always been somebody who had dine-in and carry-out and stuff like that. But when dining rooms closed, we had to adapt. And curbside was a huge jump for us. Our team members jumped right in. Uh, and they've been stalwart through this entire time. Well, and I'm sure you can appreciate this the most being the chief people officer and sort of the, the, the lead HR person. But boy, this is a management challenge deluxe that you had to face because as much as you got to have to manage a lot in a normal workplace, add in a pandemic and a lockdown, and boy, you've just accelerated it times a thousand, I would think. Absolutely. The one thing that I thought was very interesting is we tell everybody to bring their entire selves to work, except their emotions. We don't say that out loud. But that's what we really mean. Like, hey, bring everything to work, but don't tell me about anything that's really happening. Well, the pandemic brought it to life and emotions were on edge and still are. That has not changed. Uh, so it's have we spent more time coaching our managers, coaching our leaders on how to have better interpersonal skills. Uh, so it was a good groundwork for that. Uh, the other thing is it gave us a good challenge. Uh, I talked to my CEO who I'm very close to. And I said, hey, isn't it great that we responded during a crisis? He goes, yes, it is. I said, wouldn't it be great if we acted this way all the time and focused this heavily to perform? And he said, man, I agree. That is good thinking. So we don't want to be a company that's only ready for crisis. We want to be a company that performs all the time. Great words of advice, I think, uh, and something to think about moving ahead. Um, but you also hear a lot about the challenge, particularly right now, as we sort of slowly come out of the pandemic. Uh, but the challenge they have, um, finding and keeping workers, that, that seems to be on the minds of a lot of folks. How has La Rosa's fared on that front? Uh, it's the classic answer for HR, John. It depends. Uh, <laughs> some, of, some of our locations are doing very well and have never had a challenge with staffing. Others are struggling. Uh, and I think one of, the, one of the things that's been very good for us is brought our franchise community together with us. We're talking more holistically about how can we be great places to work, not the, I answered the survey and got a banner, but how can we be great cultures all the time? So some of the things that we've done are this. Uh, at the end of 2020, my boss, unfortunately, passed away three days before Christmas. A heart attack, unexpected. But our CEO and his brother, who's the president, chose to reset our company instead of return. So we said, we're going to move forward. So how can we move forward? So the number one thing we have is we are a people-first company all the time. And we have a people-first lens. When you have a people-first lens, you look at staffing differently. You look at retention differently. 
because you're trying to keep people there and have them do a great job while they work for you. We know we're kind of a pass-through employer, a very small percentage of our group. We have a lot, a lot of tenured people, but a very small t- group, percentage of our group stays in restaurants. So while they're here, we want them to excel and do well and grow and develop and perform. But you need to be people first to do that. So it's an ongoing thing. This is not new. I don't think that the labor shortage is going to change at all. I don't think it's a matter of those who are unemployed who aren't working. I think the labor shortage, John, that we saw that was going to be predicted in 2010 is now here. Uh, The financial crisis in 08 really pinched everybody economically, but the people didn't increase. So now it's finally here. You have to be the employer where people want to work. And if you do that, you can do better. And, And my thing is, if we can do better, we're ahead. I don't think it's something that's solvable. I think it's something you have to work with on an ongoing basis. Great guidance, Steve. That is that is really, really good. Um, one of the things I really love about having you as a guest is that you wear two very different hats. One as chief people officer at a regional pizza chain and another as a member of Sherm's board of directors. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things Sherm has been doing during the pandemic and, and now moving ahead to help HR professionals and their organizations get through what's been a really terribly difficult period? Absolutely. I think they stepped up in a big way on the front end of resources, supplies, knowledge, reactions uh, on an ongoing basis. Uh, In fact, we took the Sherm poster and that was the first poster we put up on here's what people should do in regards to behavior, washing your hands, social distancing and stuff like that. I think they've, on the tactical side, they've been very good. And from their publications, from their blogs and their ongoing work and research, they're trying to stay ahead of things. It's an ever moving target. That's the problem. And the biggest challenge is the regulation side of things, which is true for all of us, because none of the regulations are consistent, both at the local level, the state level and the federal level. So it's very hard for a, national, a global organization like Sherm to stay on top of it because things are different in California than they are in Ohio. And sure. they're different in Kansas than they are in Mississippi. But Sherm is an organization that has members all over the world. So they're trying to be at least a guide to resources. They've had uh, some webinars with the head of the CDC uh, to meet members. It's really been very helpful and they've been very connected in that way. I think they've done a good job. Plus, I would think, you know, it's just a challenge that not only do you have 50 states and then all the local stuff that you have to deal with, but they're constantly changing. I mean, they've been changing. It's like they move this way, then they move back. You know, just just today here, we heard, you know, uh, the Centers for Disease Control changing the guidance on masks. And my guess is that ripples through organizations and hits you know, one like yours, like a wave, you know, you got to suddenly deal with with this. Absolutely. And I think it affects employers of all types. Uh, one of the things that's been challenging and where I think Sherm's done a very good job is um, a lot of the language out there is still very white collar based. As you mentioned earlier, our people are in person. Yes. <laughs> so, so you would say it's a hybrid schedule. No, it's not. It's an in-person schedule. Um, but a lot of the language in the workplace, uh, in social media and from a lot of places is white collar focused. 
and when white collar is a small percentage of the overall, overall that's terrible, overall workforce <laughs> uh, globally. You know, blue collar employment is the largest sector of employment. Um, so it, it's just tough. And when you have a ripple like this, it changes. When I heard the announcement, I'm like, well, here we go. And you've got to jump <laughs> in again. Well, and, and, you know, you're absolutely right about the fact that so much of the focus has been on remote work, or high hybrid work, and and I I get that. There's a lot of large organizations where, where, where that's like a big deal. But for an organization like yours, I know that your corporate staff can, like, can do that somewhat. But for the most part, you guys are just out there having to serve people face-to-face and up close and, you know, your personal every day. And you right. don't see that much written about that or hear people talking about that much. No, and I'm concerned that they're making decisions. Organizations are making decisions on a small set of data when it comes to that. I think you should absolutely take care of that. If there are opportunities for remote or hybrid or telecommuting, whatever that is, it should work. It was really funny. Somebody said, so what's your work from home policy? And I said, <laughs> I said, my work, from, my work from home policy is this, wherever you are working, work. That's it. Just do that. We've made it so cumbersome instead of saying it, we have an expectation of what people aren't doing instead of what people are doing. I would much rather say wherever you are, perform. And we want to make sure and we're going to give you all the tools you need and rely on your knowledge and your skills. We don't do that. We tend to say, well, I know that Steve's not working because he's at home and he's doing laundry. We've got a long way to go to improve the workforce and the culture. Steve, what's the biggest challenge you've had to face over the last 18 months or so? The biggest challenge has been uh, mental well-being of my people. Uh, there's just no doubt about it. Uh, life in all its facets has come to the surface. Uh, we've had a lot of loss. Uh, nothing really related to the pandemic and the virus, thankfully. Uh, but people have had, you know, family members who are unemployed. Uh, they've lost family members. Uh, there's just stress of kids at home, you know, and how do I take care of that and work because I'm an in-person worker, but my kids aren't allowed to go to school. Just having the juggling and the flexibility to take care of our team members to the best of our ability has by far been the biggest challenge. You know, you, you get the impression, at least I do, that that notion about well-being, which you're absolutely right, that's become a, such a huge deal. And I know we, we talked about it pre-pandemic some, but it really hit home and became a much greater challenge during it when all these things and more ha- happened. Do, 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 do you have faith that it's going to continue to um, be front and center and that people are going to really focus on it more now as we head out of the pandemic and move ahead? No. And, and this is why. Uh, it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think employers are so concerned with visibility and getting people back to work because the assumption, again, is that you're not working. Instead of saying, how can I take care of you best in order for you to work? We need to change our mindset as employers. If we do that, and that goes back to that people first lens. If we have that people first lens, then we can move ahead and say, yes, well-being matters. Yes, this matters. And I'll give you a quick example. Uh, we have no set work schedule uh, for anybody in the office and in the pizzeria. 
In the pizzeria, you can choose your shifts. If you say, hey, because of my situation, I can only work this much, we say, great, we'll take you for that much. In the office, uh, my team has all different schedules, the four of us. No one works the same, and we get all our work done. But we're a people-first company, so we try to do things a little differently. Well, I wish there are there were a lot of other companies who sort of looked at what you're doing and, and looked at it closely and said, you know, maybe we can do more of this too. Because, you know, I, I, I keep hearing around various places that, oh, we can't do this, we can't, we can't do that. And I'm sure there are a lot of things that are harder to do now. But it sounds to me like you've had a pretty good uh, track record working on through it. And I know it's been just, you know, a lot of work and probably stressed you and your team out too, you know, uh, uh, because of that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my team has been amazing and uh, agile. We take care of each other. So when I feel the pressure going up, it's like, hey, you need to take a break. Come on. And off they go. Or why don't you take a day and let's do it. Again, not formal. We, we're just very aware of who we are as people and we try and meet their needs as we can. One more brief question on Sherm. How does it look for the national conference coming up? Um, because I, I everybody's kind of on pins and needles everywhere about conferences in general. When will they come back? I think it's good. Uh, the attendance is going up uh, now. Do I think it'll be like the days before the pandemic? I don't. Uh, there's some restrictions. Again, if the regulations could change tomorrow, <laughs> and what are you going to do then? Uh, but I think there's also companies who are hesitant to send their people out. I think if you ask the attendees, people want to see each other in person. They understand the technology side and they are going to have a great virtual platform as well so that people could do a virtual conference. But to expect somebody to sit at a monitor for three straight days, that's, that's hard you know, when they have work in front of them, when they have other things they could be doing. Uh, so I'm not sure how the virtual side will do, but I know that it's a great platform being set up. I'd love to see it be successful. We'll see. Well, knock on wood, I I hope it is because I think things like that being successful are one of the steps for us getting back to back to normal here. So I agree. So finally, there's a question we ask everybody who comes on the Talent Experience podcast because we wholeheartedly believe everyone should have a job that they are really passionate about, which I know you're passionate about everything. So, uh, Steve, what do you love about your job? And, and what you do. This sounds cliche, and I know a lot of people in HR who say this, but I am a people person through and through. Uh, it, it, I bleed it. I mean, I am with my people. I went to a pizzeria today just to have lunch, just to hang out with the staff. Uh, we have a team member who's a dishwasher who's been with us 10 plus years, who's going through cancer treatment. I wanted to see just how she was doing. And uh, just say hi and let her know that someone was there who cared for her. I get the chance to really take care of people. And uh, I don't, it, HR is the only thing I've ever done, John. So, you know, I, I am the actual people person. When I say that, uh, when somebody says they're a people person, I was like, ah, I'll challenge that. <laughs> Steve, you are a throwback to the HR directors and vice presidents I knew and loved from the distant past, uh, which, I, which I thought were gone, but clearly they're not because you're here. So that's all great. Steve, thanks so much for spending time with us today. It's been great to have you with us and to get your perspective on all of these things. We really appreciate you, you, you being here. 
Thanks, John. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's great to see you again. Great to see you too. So for the Talent Experience Podcast, this is John Holland. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Talent Experience Podcast. For more talent experience and future of work conversations, visit talentexperiencepodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at TalentXPodcast. Or join the conversation with hashtag Talent Experience Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter. The Talent Experience Podcast was brought to you by the fabulous Fuelies at Fuel50. 